0: Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Buckle up to meet a great array of ordinary, everyday, incredible Australians. This podcast is brought to you by DM Podcasts, part of Diamantina Media, with more than 25 million downloads for a range of shows such as The Batuta Advocate and Chat 10 Looks 3. Streets of Your Town podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners on whose land this story was gathered, the Yugara and Turrbal peoples. I acknowledge their ongoing resilience, contributions and connection to land, culture and water and pay my respects to their Elders past, present and emerging. Where the wild ocean whips the rocky cliffs of Ireland's west coast, the people of the small county of Mayo are contemplating whether they can overcome a hoodoo of 70 years. Is it coincidence or a curse? In this episode of Streets of Your Town, we delve into the mystery of how this county has not won an all-Ireland Gaelic football final since 1951, despite making it to the finals of arguably Ireland's most important sporting contest ten times. Some blame an infamous curse apparently placed on the entire football team by an angry priest. But as our guest Stephen O'Grady so eloquently explains, Gaelic football is more than just a sport. It's about identity, about Irish emigrants and the longing for what was left behind and about where we call home. Is it our memories or where we live presently? Stephen O'Grady grew up in Mayo with the imprint of his county's woes a constant companion while growing up. Now living in Brisbane, Australia, he tells us how he hopes this is the year that his beloved Mayo football team overcomes the weight of an entire county's expectations and the shadow of a disputed curse.
1: Hi Nance, Stephen O'Grady is my name, I'm from Mayo.
0: Stephen O'Grady, welcome to Streets of Your Town. Hi, Nance. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming out of the library, dragging yourself away from your PhD studies to talk about something. Well, what, what's the old saying? Football. It's not life or death. It's far more important
1: than that. Yeah. Something in my blood. So, just dragging myself away from <laughs> words and books and <laughs> air conditioning and putting myself in, into the future. Looking forward to. Ready to go down memory lane with you, I think, as well.
0: (laughs) I think this is about the most excited I've seen you, Stephen. Can you tell all of the the ignorant Aussies amongst us who really don't know about this amazing event, Gaelic football?
1: Well, where do I begin? I I, I could take you back to 1951. Sure. 1951 was the year that Mayo last won the All-Ireland football title, that was their third title, they won in 1936, they've won in 1950 and they won in 1951 and since then there has been this veritable famine as Mayo have gone on search of what's become known as the holy grail for Mayo. Year after year after year we have this amazing ability to make All-Ireland finals and lose them but make them exciting and yet lose them in the most dramatic and just unprecedented ways. So the latest All-Ireland Final, 2021, coming up in two weeks' time, sees Mayo up against Tyrone. First time that Tyrone and Mayo ever faced each other in an All-Ireland Final. The two teams that lost in the semi-finals this time, Kerry and Dublin, have been the, the traditional owners of the silverware. And they, between them, they, they basically dominated the sport over many years. So for Mayo and Tyrone to break through, it was one. both of those teams were never going to break through in any one year of... Generally so this is why it's um, a little bit of a, a first, but um, two strong teams and um, two counties I imagine back home that are all excited and the, the flags are up, the buntings are up and um, people have nothing else to talk about now for two weeks.
0: Well can you tell us a little about Gaelic football for people who've never seen this? there is some similarities to AFL isn't there and a, a bit of a connection there with international football. Um, but can you tell us about Gaelic football and what you love about it Oh.
1: <laughs> but I love it. I, well, I, I genuinely think it's a really beautiful game. I, I genuinely do. I'm not a huge AFL fan. I appreciate the nuances of it, and I respect the athleticism of the players in AFL. But I think there's a little bit more subtlety to Gaelic football. I could be wrong, but the fact that the ball is round and not um, uh, not a Sharon means that, uh, the, 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 from my mind, there's more room for for um, expressing yourself. But in saying that. What do you want to know about it? Well, you've it?
0: got the two sticks, don't you? You've
1: got two instead of, instead of four. Four. Yes. You've got 15 players on each side. And
0: a net. That's a what the difference too. And you've
1: got a goalkeeper. So the goalkeeper ah. protects the net. And just watching the two All-Ireland semi-finals in the last couple of weeks, I thought of AFL because the differences between the two codes are beginning to fade a little bit. Oh, interesting. And now the, the goalkeepers are beginning to play outfield a lot more. And, of course, in AFL, they don't, they don't have a goalkeeper so to speak and you can see how the AFL is, might be beginning to influence Gaelic football. Mm. Another way is the mark, we now have a what's it, a forward mark in Gaelic football which I suspect is has been derived from the relationship between AFL and GAA to a point.
0: So people can catch it, you can use your hands unlike in soccer or football as it's known right. in Europe Yes, Yeah. yeah, so, yeah.
1: so it is <laughs> you know, in many ways it is quite similar to um, AFL mm. and of course the two Sports have been brought together in a compromised version of the two sports since the I think mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, Ireland was quite dominant in the early days. With mixed success. <laughs> very mixed success, and with some um, some rather violent repercussions once or twice along the way as well. Oh
0: yes, yes, very uh, very passionate. Who would have thought Ireland and Australia could get so passionate? Eh? What mm-hmm. a- what about the connection with Mayo, Stephen? Tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, I'm I'm a Mayo man. I was you born are. in Mayo. And and here's my my first little bit of, it's our year this year. I was born in Mayo back in 1970, and it's 70 years since we won the All-Ireland, so there must be... Ah, look, it's true. Um, I was born in a town called Castlebar. It's the county town of County Mayo. Um, When I left Ireland 15 years ago, the population of Castlebar would have been about 13,000, 14,000. Grew up in a little village called Ballyvary, about seven miles outside of Castlebar, and played Gaelic football, and soccer, and rugby, um, at school and with clubs, and always had it in, in my life. And You're a
0: sporting boy.
1: I'm a sporting boy, and Dad started bringing me to Mayo matches, I don't know, maybe when I was about nine or ten, we'd, we'd, he'd drive us into town for the Championship Games on a Sunday, and the first players I was aware of at McHale Park were the likes of Willie Joe Padden, Jimmy Lyons... Um, Joe McGrath had just retired so that's the kind of era so a kind of mid-80s time was my, my, my breakthrough early eight, actually early 80s to mid-80s um, was my kind of breaking into the scene and appreciating it and, and it 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 is part of your life like in Ireland Gaelic football is f- f- shaped around your parish and so you don't actually get a choice to move from club to club to club really you, you, you can and I have done but Essentially, you, your first club is your GA club, is your, the parish that you live in, and the parish that you've grown up in, and the parish where you went to school. And so you have that identity and that connection from day one of your life, and you really don't shake it off.
0: And so this really does touch on a couple of things, I suppose, it shows it's really more than football. Like, what does it mean for a county if it wins the All-Island? Sam McGuire Cup. Sam Maguire Cup mm. in the All-Island, thank you.
1: Well, I don't know. but I'm hoping to find out in two weeks (laughs) but having seen some other counties achieve it
0: it's a big celebration it is is.
1: yeah like I'm I'm being a little bit glib because we haven't crossed that line there's
0: no business there oh no not at all actually I'm I'm
1: I'm phenomenally lucky to be from Mayo because if I was from another county I wouldn't have had the roller coaster journey supporting Mayo that I've had like we're, we're really lucky to have a team that gets close so often and that represents the county so magnificently and with such bravery and with such pride and at the highest level. You have other teams, in other counties and it's, it's in by no means a, in any way a, a, crit, a criticism of them but counties like Sligo on my doorstep, Leitrim on my doorstep, on my doorstep uh, County Clare, these, these teams are unlikely to ever be in All-Ireland Finals. They might. They might break through and it would be, would be wonderful. But I'm fortunate enough that at least I get that experience now and again. And so far in my life, inevitably, it's been an experience that ends in a little bit of pain, a little bit of numbness <laughs> and a little bit of drowning of sorrows, that kind of stuff.
0: What's it like for you now over here in Australia trying to follow all this, Stephen? you such a passionate Irishman.
1: Well, I'm here 15 years next week, and when I originally came out here in 2006, it was actually Mayo in the All-Ireland final that year. Um, my last, the last game I saw at home was Mayo against Dublin 2006, one of the all-time classics. Mayo were down six or seven points with 12 minutes to go, and somehow came back to win final that one. one. Then we lost the final. So uh, <laughs> my wife and I came out at that time thinking, here's an opportunity to go and see a little bit of the world couple of years later the GFC happened and we thought well we're not planning to go anywhere as in go home and so we stayed on and we settled in and I think once you get that mindset of you're settling in then you kind of get your position and from an early stage you know yourself how the Irish travel and I haven't overly sought out the Irish I have some great Irish friends and I play a little bit of Gaelic football now and again but it was easy to kind of um make a connection that kept me in touch with Gaelic and of course with the world of of the digital technology today it's not hard to watch it and see it and hear it and, and follow the commentaries on it. The only part that you miss is actually the time frames mean you cannot be sitting in Jean's pub in Ballandine watching Mayo in Dublin or like Jackie's pub is where we watched Mayo in Dublin before we left Ireland. So those little things you don't have and so that's not there but then again it's 15 years ago and the country's changed a little bit as well and people watch sport in a different way to the way they used to.
0: The time gap is a bit crushing though. What time will you be up in the morning to watch this exactly?
1: I believe I'll have to double check this now. So I think it's a 5.30 throw-in back home, 5.30 p.m. So that would yep. make it a 2.30 a.m. throw-in <laughs> here in downtown Brisbane.
0: So tactically, how do you do that? Do you sleep for a bit beforehand or is this an all-nighter for okay, you? All-nighter, you don't... Yeah. And, uh, don't be a soap. No, no. no you and
1: and, and you know, <laughs> this just won't be my first one. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. We did it last year. We've, I've, I've been down this track before. I've, I've done it. I've done it. Music festivals. I've done it in Harvey Bay. I've done it in Brisbane. I've done it in Tarregan. Doing it again. We're doing it again.
0: <laughs> now, Stephen, it would be wrong of me not to touch on. There is a bit of an intersection that's happening here too, with superstition in Ireland, isn't there? And this Mayo curse. Can we call it?
1: No, no, I don't talk about the curses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really. Do you think there's any credence to it, Stephen?
1: Well, I'll tell you the story and you tell me what you, what you All believe. right. Oh, right. So, as the Mayo team returned home from the All-Ireland title winning trip to Dublin in 1951, they came to a town called Foxford, which was about, I think it's about seven miles from where I grew up. Um, That's not far. Not far at all. A lovely little country town on the River Moy in the west of Ireland. And at the time, so the story goes, that as the Mayo team came through there was also a funeral ongoing in the town and so the story goes that the Mayo team didn't show respect for the funeral and the priest who was overseeing the, the, the funeral cast a, cast a curse, Do you cast a, cast a curse or imposed a curse on the Mayo really? team and said that they would not win another All-Ireland until all members of that team had passed on
0: and where are we now? How many are left, Stephen, from that team? Jesus.
1: My memory and my understanding is that one remains. Um, one? Uh, one remains. Um, the, the flying doctor, poor oh. Carney, died a couple of years ago. Oh, he, he was, was very beloved. He was beloved. He was very brilliant from all reports. He played centre-half forward from AO, and he was a doctor who flew off to California to live the rest of his life there. He passed on a, a couple of years ago. So Paddy Prendergast, who's actually f- lives, has lived in Kerry for most of the... For much of his life, he's the one remaining alive. Apparently, a lovely man. I, in, during my own journalistic past, I've interviewed him, and I, I would be delighted if Mayo could pull off the win in two weeks' time, and he would be there to bear witness to it. I think it'd be a wonderful, wonderful wouldn't that thing.
0: be incredible? I mean, this has been kind of, dare I say, a bit of a defining aspect of this whole thing in Mayo, isn't it? Is it a bit of a talking point in Ireland?
1: I, it's funny. I, growing up, no. Okay. I, I didn't know about it at all, and I think mm. it definitely passed me by. Even I would, I, I would dare say it probably came to my attention more since I've been in Australia. Really? Like a friend of mine here at the university brought it to my attention before one of the AFL Grand Finals a few years ago when the Western Bulldogs were playing, and I think the aged run a story about the mm. Western Bulldogs and compared it to Mayo and mentioned the curse there. So it's funny how it pops up. It's, it's a great old yarn. <laughs> we all know it's a load of Codswallop. <laughs>
0: Is it the only team that's had a bit of a, a curse? Have there been other ones? I
1: I, I don't entertain the cursed, cursed um, <laughs> superstitions. I'm not, I'm not a great superstition person, but in saying that, I have to say, I've been watching for little signs for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's little, little mm-hmm. tell-me's that Mayo are going to win. And before the semi-final from our garden, I found a green and red chilli. And that was a sign, surely. <laughs> and then yesterday, I was out. Actually, on Friday night, I was at football with a friend... And he was giving me some snake sweets, snakes, sweets. Yes, love those snakes. He put his hand in the bag and pulled out two for me, a green one and a red one.
0: Oh, Stephen, it's, it's, it's
1: written in the stars. I think it is. And then yesterday I was at a, 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 an NRL game, a, a kids rugby league game. And one of the mothers I was with, she had a sun umbrella and she put it up and it was red and green as well. So um, I'm not a bit superstitious at all, Nance, but I'm taking anything that's going.
0: <laughs> so, Stephen, how many times has Mayo made it to the finals?
1: Well, if you go back to the three we've won, 1936, 1950, 1951, so they, they, you can set those aside, and then, then begins the long road of misery. So 1989 <laughs> was the year I came back from London to get my ticket for the All-Ireland. Mayo, that was a breakthrough year for Mayo, and we took on Cork in the final that year and took them to four points and probably should have done a little bit better. And then I went, that was the year I went to university as well. And so fast forward to 1996 and by then I'm a sports journalist with Midwest Radio in Ireland and the Mayo News in Ireland and working at the All-Ireland Final where Mayo played Meath. And 1996, we should have won. We were six points up in the drawn game.
0: You remember it in such detail. Oh, it,
1: it's, it, it's, they're not scars, but they do stick with the mind. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's, 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 it's the infamous Column Coyle ball that bounced in front of the square and over the bar to get, them, get me the a draw. And then in the replay, there's the infamous brawl in which Mayo people will always claim that Mayo's best player, Lee McHale, was targeted by Meath. Two players got sent off, one from each side. And Lee McHale, who had been the man of the match in the, in the drawing game, was sent off. And Mayo lost that game, I think, by a point from memory. That was 1996, 1997 was the year that Morris Fitzgerald from Kerry beat us on his own. I think um, the rest of the Kerry team didn't bother coming out for the second half and Morris did it all by himself. He was amazing that day. What a beautiful footballer. He just he just did it in a way that, that was it, you know, even though it hurt, there was something so beautiful about oh. seeing, seeing that man play.
0: It's so comforting though, isn't it? Sometimes when you, if you have lost, if it is just when it played so beautifully, it is a comfort. I yeah.
1: Think. Let's not go as far as comfort, but it's <laughs> it's something of a consolation. It's just great to have seen him perform at his best in the stadium because mm. this guy was he he really played the game on a different stratosphere to most others that have ever played it. Then the rivalry with Dublin begins. That's so. The last decade has Mayo and Dublin have had this rivalry that has seen Mayo come within a hair's breadth of beating Dublin so many times, and yet. Never quite getting there. So 2012 we broke through to a final, 2013, 2016, 2017. There was a defeat to Donegal there as well. But apart from the Donegal defeat, it's really been Dublin. There was replays. That was the year, that was the calendar year, was the replay year because we had to watch the replay when we were at the Calendar Music Festival, another Saturday game, and that's when my wife spilled her glass of vino onto the laptop and we had to watch the replay on a very small device but we managed (laughs) and then there was the year that mayo lost by a point but managed to score two one goals basically give dublin two goals and still we didn't quite win the all-ireland
0: a point oh that's cruel
1: so we've gone really close a few times last year in 2020 dublin were too good for us and blew us away in the third quarter so um, in answer to your question Nancy just drag that out a bit so apart from 1936, 1950 1951 there is 89 96, 97, 2004 2006, 2012 2013, 2016 2017, 2020 two replays, two own goals, too much pain no curse and here we are 2021 ready to go again
0: the detail is important, Stephen. I would never stop you talking about the detail.
1: You've got to live the life and you've got to <laughs> hang on to whatever you can.
0: I, I just wonder, it does sort of point to an interesting psychology in sport, though, doesn't it? There is, It's not just the skills you take onto the ground. I just wonder how much of that mental games and the anguish, really, of missing out so yeah. many times comes into it. Oh,
1: I, I think so, I, mm. absolutely. Uh, some would say that that's possibly been to Mayo's detriment at times that mm. they, they carry this weight with them, the weight of loss and the weight of defeat and, and sometimes they aren't as clinical and as um, ruthless as they could be on the field. I think the, the, the new team that, that's going to contest the final in a couple of weeks time, um, I say new because they're a relatively new group of players oh, okay. that have come through they don't, the talk is they don't have that baggage and actually those young players will only have seen Mayo, you know, really play at the highest level all their lives and they'll just, they'll have this kind of sense, well it's hard our job now to move it on to the next level. So but that that's that's the beauty of being for Mayo. That's that's the narrative, that's the story, that's the way it kind of feeds through. There's also that sense of there's only there'll only be forty thousand allowed at the final, like Crook Park <gasps> would COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And Clark Park would hold eighty thousand and I think the noise will be interesting again, but mm. the, because the, the Mayo fans Mayo fans are I'm, I'm a normal person compared to some of the Mayo fans they are just you know the, and I, I, I say this with the, the, the most positive meaning ever P- people live their lives by Mayo they live their lives by Mayo wow. winning the All-Ireland and so the, the noise and the passion at Croke Park will be quite immense again the, the, this will be perceived as a chance Dublin aren't there Kerry aren't there it's Tyrone we have a real chance here Tyrone will be thinking exactly the same thing by the way and Tyrone are arguably that Toughest Ga County in all of Ireland. If you, arguably, they're so athletic, so strong, so um, hardy. Um, It's going to be nothing but a challenge for me. But um, it yeah, it's the the passion of the event of the of the final is actually hard. I imagine I I never played in an All Ireland final, but I imagine if you're a player, it would be quite hard to separate yourself from that emotion and that sound and, and all of that and actually be ruthless and be cynical mm. and be clinical and be able to just carry out the, the basics that you know you can do well. I've I, I, I'm, I'm never failed to be in, in awe of the guys that can do that so well and mm. that's why Dublin have been so good in the last so many years, they just did it so well but maybe it's somebody else's turn to do it now.
0: So when is the final and where can us Aussies go to watch it?
1: The final is on Saturday week, so we're talking September the eleventh. As I say, it's 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 a Saturday final, which is quite unusual. Oh, okay. Um, the, usually, the final traditionally is on a Sunday, uh, but this year it's a it's a five thirty throw-in on a Saturday. So September the eleventh. Um, over here, those of us that watch it from afar, we log on to an app called GAA Go, and subscribe and pay a few dollars and get our joy, or our sorrows presented to us through a screen and we cast it onto the telly in the in, in the living room and watch it like we are at home. The,
0: in the new techno way of doing it. Maybe maybe an Irish pub might feel sorry for all the fans out there and might put it on as well. You never know your life. Uh,
1: you just got to get the Irish pub to open up at 5.30am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've known one or two to do that, but I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying where.
0: It takes a certain dedication.
1: It does, it does.
0: <laughs> does it make you a little bit... Does it make you miss home talking about this though?
1: I think it makes me miss the past rather than miss home home, if you know what I mean. Mm. Ireland is a changed country to the one I, I left and it's a changed country to the one I grew up in. Uh, my mum and dad are still there and I'd love to watch the All Ireland with mum and dad, oh, why not? Yeah. But um, I don't necessarily crave Ireland, I crave 1996 again, <laughs> I crave 1989 again you know having those those beautiful memories and those great great little moments of life lived crikey they were good
0: just as a little stand for people who've never been to mayo and never will perhaps but what are the things you think of when you think of mayo I,
1: I always think of the atlantic atlantic ocean um if i had a dollar for every person that said to me where are you from in ireland since i came to australia i always say mayo and people look at me <laughs> and go where's that now and so I have to say that's near Galway. And it's not near Kerry. But so people a lot of people in Australia know Dublin. They know Kerry. They have yes. heard of Galway. Mayo is on the same side of the country as Galway, on the same side of the country as Kerry. Beautiful parts of the world, but it's actually kind of almost unspoiled. So I think of the Atlantic Ocean, I think of um, the rugged coastline, the Atlantic banging up against it. Um, it's a cold wind that comes off the Atlantic, but it's, it leaves its own kind of rugged beauty there. I think of that. I think of good people like Mayo is just, a, and Ireland is too, but I'm from Mayo, and the people of Mayo make you want to be from Mayo, and I'm very, very proud to be from Mayo. And sometimes, I think sometimes when I was growing up, I didn't realise how proud I was and at times the football team has ignited that in me. And again, it did just a week ago, two weeks ago when Mayor beat Dublin. Like that the, the emotion that kinda of stirs and the pride that stirs in your in your heart and in your sense of who you are is quite amazing. And that you know, sport has that. And um, sometimes people when I moved from sport journalism into news journalism, people told me to move on now, give up the toy journalism. But I think that that moniker of the toy journalism—it's not quite true, you know. Sport sport has a quality that can create human experiences that other aspects of life don't have, and that should never be undermined. Not in my opinion. I think um, we should we should recognise it for what it is.
0: Well, good luck on Saturday, the 11th September. I will be watching it, Stephen. Definitely, you have inspired me to. To see if Mayo can do this. Can it overcome the curse, if you want, of, put it that way, whether you believe in a priest casting a curse or just that weight of so many years of expectation, can it do it this year? What do you think?
1: We have a chance. We have a chance.
0: That was Stephen O'Grady giving us his insights into his beloved Mayo County in this episode of Streets of Your Town. And we will let you know who won in the next episode. of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, aka The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. If you'd like to meet more everyday incredible Australians, subscribe and listen to the back catalogue of Streets of Your Town, including Series 2, The Journo Project, on Apple Music, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please review and rate Streets of Your Town on your podcast provider, share the show with your mates or join my wandering Journo tribe of supporters at the Streets of Your Town website site soyt.substack.com